0: Love Talk Radio.
1: I feel that chill, smell that fresh-cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call.
2: Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, July 27th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Sports. Now, here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in.
3: Thank you,
4: Michelle, and everyone. Welcome to the last Sunday night show in July, which means college football is, is in the air. You can smell it practically. This weekend we're going to have temperatures in the high 70s, so it's it's kind of giving us a tease. It will be early August getting some fall-like temperatures, but boys of fall playing in the background, that that means one thing. The college football is here. We're a month away from, from getting started, a month away trade. We're going to have a lot to cover Tonight's going to be just uh, like just like a, a, a show where we talk about what we want to talk about, really. It, it doesn't have to be football. It doesn't have to be any agenda. It doesn't have to be any specific team. But we really want people to call in tonight and just tell us what's on your mind. Because after tonight, it's going to be all NFL and college football from here on out. So it gives everybody a chance. If you want to talk baseball tonight, come on down. We're ready for you. And Trey, when you're ready, press number one. I just want to make sure. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to bring this, the fine co-host of this show on, Mr. Trey Patterson. Trey, hope you've had a great week, bud. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, buddy. What's going on?
4: Oh, nothing much, man. Just uh, getting ready for a, a jam-packed show tonight. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun tonight. We're gonna get ready for our college football season that's coming up in NFL. Trey, I, I have a question for you. Did you get the NFL ticket for this year?
2: Uh, I have it every year, buddy. I, I, that's, uh, that's an automatic on my account. Well, one thing, I, I, I did get
4: it free last year, Trey, but I got the, do you have the Mega Pack? I guess that's what it's called, where it comes with Red Zone?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it's called, but red, I get Red Zone for sure. Okay, well, I didn't have to
4: say much. They gave me a sweet bill on that. But tonight, like I said, you know, we're going to talk football, baseball, whatever you want to talk about. We're not really technically uh, previewing a team tonight, We're not, but we'll, we'll preview conference if you want to. We'll do whatever the listeners want to do. The number is 646-716-5564. And I know Trey has his hands full a little bit right now for the next few minutes, so I'll try to take some of the pressure off him during this show just to make sure, but, um, man, we're a month away, and it just seems like, Trey, you're a big Florida State fan. I'm an Auburn fan. It just seems like an eternity ago that that national championship ended and Florida State was holding the trophy up. I mean, did you ever expect Auburn and Florida State to make it last
2: year? Well, I mean, Auburn was certainly a long shot. I think Florida State, you know, for I had a lot of hopes that we would do well. Um, but national championship was certainly something that I didn't feel was you know guaranteed. It was just a hope. Yeah, and, and and that's what
4: what makes college football so special. All you fans out there, this is a chance to start over. Everyone has a chance. Just about everyone. At least you can say, hey, I'm undefeated heading into the, heading into the new college football season. And there's always those surprises, and that's what makes college football so exciting. You read the preseason magazines, you listen to everybody tell you the same top five over and over and over again, and it's like they try to brainwash you into it. The funny thing is, looking at like the SEC champion prediction, the media has predicted it right four out of 22 times, that, that being the SEC champion. So it's just so difficult to predict. You can have all the stats, analysis in front of you. You can be the smartest person in the world, but you cannot predict college football 100% accurate. It's just not going to happen. And that goes for any conference, any college football team. But one thing that excites me is is this year I'm praying that, that we can get a rematch in that championship with Florida State and Auburn. How, how fitting would that be for, for Auburn to get another chance to <laughs> – to beat Jameis Winston and Florida State, Trey, I mean, wouldn't that be a nice matchup
2: to see again? Well, I think it, it'd definitely be a good matchup to see. Uh, whether we see it or not, who knows? And you're right, there's a lot of things that are going to happen in college football. You look at the favorites, and you got to think that we're going to see those teams more than likely not be there. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, for Florida State to run, to run the gauntlet again uh, first to the end of the year, uh, it's only been a couple of times, so we're talking about a rare feat for them. So you got to think just mathematically the odds are against their favor uh, and repeating, and the same goes for Auburn making the championship as well. Uh, but who knows? I mean, both of them could wind up there again. Yeah, we nobody ever expected it last year, and, and now
4: we come into a season where the, there's four teams. So your odds actually double, you know, to get a chance to get into that playoff where two teams is very, very difficult. You have to usually depend on other teams losing because you usually can't go undefeated in the season. So kind of takes some of the drama out. And it gives you – I'll say this, if you're a good team out there, you're a very respected team, you can lose one game probably and that's it, and, and you'll have a chance to be in that four-team playoff. But Trey, Marty called in on the show the other night and talked about some of the arrests. He was worried about this weekend. So far, I only know of two arrests. And would it surprise you if I told you a Georgia player got arrested, what was it, Sunday morning or Saturday morning for DUI? So any surprise Georgia's back in the news there?
2: No, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. They've had a terrible offseason just like they did last year. Um, You know, if you're a Georgia fan, you just got to wonder, what can you do? I mean, here's the thing, Carwin, I mean, A lot of people on message boards blowing up Mark Rick, but you just can't make stupid players and you can't make people um, just get in line. I mean, players are going to be how they're going to be. I mean, can he know this stuff going into recruiting? No. I mean, some of these players uh, who are kicked off George's team, the reason they get on with other teams is because they were recruited so heavily. So, I mean, sometimes you just get real unlucky. It seems Mark Rick, He needs to do something with that program to get back a handle on it. And whether it's, you know, mass suspensions or or I don't know what it is, maybe being harder on the players to begin with, Uh, but he needs to do something. Well, I
4: look at Georgia, and, and I see a team that, you know, I look at penalties, and it's funny. The two most penalized teams in the SEC, year in and year out, Florida and Georgia. And it's on the field and off the field issues. You look at Florida, the arrest has happened there over the past few years. You look at Georgia, they show it on the field as well. But I'll tell you when it changed, Trey, when everything turned for Georgia, I don't know if you remember it, I can't remember, maybe four or five years ago when Georgia scored on Florida, Mark Richt required everybody on the field at that time to get a – or even more, came on the field and got a personal foul uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Trey, when that happens, it's like Mark Rick lost everything. He lost control of that program. And and I'm not trying to beat up Mark Rick. I think he's a good man. I'm I'm not saying anything about his character as a person, but there's something going on there that the players don't respect, and, and they kids will be kids. Yeah, but when you're choking women, when you're doing some crazy things, I don't believe that's kids being kids, but I think Mark Rick needs to find a way to gain the respect back or, or get it back? Because it happens everywhere, Trey. It's not just Georgia. I mean, you see Nick Saban, he's one of the most, the hardest coaches he seems to be out there, but his players get in trouble too. But do you remember the time when Mark Richt and, uh, made his players go get a personal foul?
2: I, I don't recall that incident you're, you're discussing, uh, but I'll tell you, yeah, some of the other coaches seem to – not have the volume that Rick has. Uh, but there's been some pretty serious stuff on other teams as well, including Nick Saban, uh, as you called out. I mean, serious serious stuff's going on in almost every program, uh, the big-time program for sure.
3: Yeah, it's just,
2: Mark, Rick, I mean, I the thing that bothers
4: me the most about Georgia is their fans, that... If they tolerate this, they tolerate the six and six seasons, they tolerate the eight and four seasons with a loss to Nebraska in a bowl game. It's just there's always an excuse and there's always next year. When when does a time come where you say, Okay, we're gonna try something different at Georgia? And I think it's time, Trey. Mark Rick's a great man. I think he needs a change too. I think any time a coach stays somewhere over 10 years, especially, it's time for a change. Mark Rick's been there long enough, and you may disagree with me, Trey, but this is Mark Rick's last year at Georgia, unless he, he wins the SEC. Well, I mean, he's not
2: winning the SEC, so, I mean, it may be. I mean, do I think it's – I don't know that Georgia's going to get much better as a head coach right now. Um, but, I mean, sometimes a change of pace is just happens to be what, um, what's um needed for a program. But I can tell you, Georgia's not winning the East this year, um, I, like a lot of people, predicted them to win the East, and that's uh, the one thing that I feel pretty secure about in the SEC.
4: Well, Trey, Danny Sheridan came on and, and actually predicted Georgia not only to win the East, but to win the SEC, and uh, I just can't believe that. I, I just don't understand how you and your right mind could pick that, but... I was looking at some spreads before we get into talking about some arrests and talking about some NFL, looking at some of the, the point spreads going out there. just And, again, this is a free show tonight, Trey, and I'll put it to you in just a few minutes. We'll talk about things you want to talk about. But South Carolina is only a one-point favorite at home against Georgia, which give me that all day. Um, Auburn at Kansas State. Uh, once the line's adjusted, Auburn's a seven-point favorite on the road. I think that'll be a blowout. Florida State at home has favored 19 points over Clemson. And these are futures now. These are future games. It's not the Bible. Flo- Alabama's a 17-point favorite over Florida. And I'm just going through some of the games right now, games of the year. Auburn five over LSU in Auburn seven over Ole Miss. Tennessee a seven point underdog at home against Florida. I'm just trying to see what Vegas is trying to see with these spreads. Early trade, they come out and they put these spreads out and they try to see where the action's gonna be. Look at Auburn is an eight and a half favorite on the road at Mississippi State. People think Mississippi State's gonna beat Auburn. They're not gonna do it guys. Um, Auburn is a seven point favorite over South Carolina. Bama's an 18-and-a-half point favorite over Tennessee. And here's one, Trey, for you, Louisville-Florida State. People think that's going to be a tough game in Louisville. Florida State's 17-point favorite, a 17-point favorite. Auburn, three-point favorite over Ole Miss. I think that will be about seven at game time, depending on how it goes. Bama, three-point favorite over LSU. Just going through, that's all I'm going to go through. But, Trey, anything stand out to you in those lines I just gave you?
2: Well, I think with anything future-wise, I, mean, I don't know how awkward they're going to be when it comes to regular season time. I think some of them are going to stay pretty um, pretty big. I think Florida State, um, I think they're going to play closer games this year, but they're going to go in favor heavily. I think that's just based on last year. Uh, but, I mean, I, I would expect them to play closer games. And
4: uh, one game that stuck out to me now that I just like that, Florida State favored eighteen and a half over Florida. And that reminds me kind of the Auburn Alabama line last year before the season. It was like 24 points. Alabama was favored over Auburn, and and the futures Alabama favored a touchdown over Auburn. And that that just makes me laugh a little bit. Just see that that how Alabama, what they lost, and not a proven quarterback can be a touchdown favorite over a, a team that was 13 seconds away from winning the national championship. That tells about everybody back and reloading. You can't pay attention to everything when you look at these lines, but it kinda of gives you an indication of of what the public thinks. This is what the public thinks. So that's why Alabama's favored. That's why you see Florida State heavily favored over teams. But by the end of the year I think I would probably take Florida and probably the eighteen and a half that they were giving. But let's move on, talk a little bit of NFL, Ray Rice in the news right now. Uh, let me give the call-in number if you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. Uh, we're just going to go from topic to topic tonight, and at about 9, I'll let Trey come up with a topic that, that he wants to talk about. But Ray Rice in the news getting two-game suspension for beating his fiance in an elevator. And we talked about this on, on that being said this morning, Trey. Ray Rice, two-game suspension. Are you kidding me? only getting two games for beating a woman, and you have people getting suspended for six games to a year for smoking a little weed, DUIs, and things like that. Why did Ray Rice get off with a two-game suspension for physically assaulting a female?
2: Well, I mean, why, I think is the big question that Roger Goodell needs to answer to us all. Um, I'm curious about, you know, I know he did things the right way afterwards, whatever, I mean, you got to think about their policy. I mean, Dominic and Sue got uh, a suspension, you know, for stomping a guy in a game, which is bad. But what was it? Four games for Obirot.
4: Um, yeah, we'll get Trey back on in, the, in a little while. Um, Chris Alderson, in the chat room, Cuervo. But let's let's go right now to to Ray Rice, and it's it just really frustrates me that that the perception is that you can beat all women and you can get suspended for less time than recreationally using a, a little weed. I mean, it just it blows my mind how this can happen. So how in the world can you only suspend someone two games? It, it's really a joke. Technically, it's, it's a joke to sit here and look at this. And we we see the, the media people talk about this in the media, Get their opinions on, it, and everyone just about is appalled at, at what happened and and how he can only get suspended two games. And let me let me just pretend. Let's play fantasy land here. I'm I'm the the GM of the Baltimore Ravens. Screw Roger Goodell. I don't even care what penalty he hands down because he wouldn't have a chance to hand one down. Ray Rice would not play in Baltimore ever again for doing this to a female. And I don't care about the excuses of steroids. I don't care about the excuses of it's a violent sport, and sometimes we take it off the field. That's BS. Learn how to control your emotions enough not to put your hands on a female. Ray Rice, you're an NFL running back. You're, You're huge. You're muscled up. If you can't get a woman off of you, I don't care if the woman's attacking you. If you cannot get her off of you, you need to retire from the NFL, because unless she has a gun or a knife, and you're trying to protect yourself and protect your life, it's, I don't want to hear any excuses, but that's the problem with society today is, is people are making excuses for these guys, and I heard today about concussions could cause this kind of act, activity, and and um, there's some good debates on this, but don't, don't you think if you had some kind of brain damage or something was causing you to do that trade that you would actually hit men, too, and not just see if a a fight would have happened on the field with Ray Rice if he had some kind of brain damage or some kind of uh, bipolarism that would cause him to do something like this. I'm not buying it. The problem is the guy's got an ego the size of of this country, really, and, and some woman got up in his face, probably, and he hits her. He can't control his emotions. Ray Rice is not an aggressive type of person. He's not... One of those that you see that he can't control his anger. This is the only thing we've ever heard happening with him. But the bottom line, it did happen. And also, on that being said, they talked about Ben Roethlisberger, you know, has sex with a girl in a bathroom or something, gets her drunk, and he gets a six-game suspension reduced down to four. And 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 now this guy's over here beating a woman and getting two games. The problem I see too is the lady married her, married him after this. His fiance actually went to bat for him and did that and said, look, please reduce his sentence. I mean, reduce his suspension because this is the first time and the only time that will ever happen. But, Trey, I'm not buying the fact that that this is the first time he put his hands on this girl. It doesn't start, I don't think, by him just beating the crap out of a female. Do you think if we went and dug up in Ray Rice's past, asked the right questions to
2: ex-girlfriends or friends, would we see a violent pass from Ray Rice, Trey? Well, you might. I mean, and the point I was trying to make earlier was, you know, I mean, if you go back to the NFL suspension list and you try to come up with a justification for what happened, I mean,
5: it really is
2: hard to even settle down. I mean, you have Wade Phillips, an assistant football coach, prescribed a medication by his doctor, and the NFL gives him a five-game suspension. I mean, none of this stuff makes any sense for the message that we're getting from the NFL on this stuff. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you why, um, why the NFL is okay with larger suspensions for drug use um, than they are for violence. I I get it that we need to, if the NFL is anti-drug and they suspend people for that, that's fine. Those guys all know. The system they're in, but you have to be harder on violent crimes. I mean, you have to. Yeah, and I, I just want to know, Ray
4: Rice, everybody acts like he's some model citizen or something, and I'll be honest, I've never heard of anything in the media about Ray Rice until this, but, man, you talk about making a bang in the media. This is huge, and if I'm a teammate of Ray Rice, when he comes back to that locker room, I'm going to beat him half to death almost. You do not hit women. You do not hurt children. Those two things right there, you can do whatever you want to besides that. But if you hurt innocent people and you're a big man, I mean, somebody in that locker room needs to just blow him up when he gets back in there. You know, there's a lot going on right now. People make a big deal about Michael Sam coming into the NFL, being the first openly gay player. And, yeah, we got Ray Rice over here beating a woman. And, you know, Tony Dungy is out speaking about Michael Sam, you know, saying he wouldn't draft Michael Sam because it would be too much of a distraction. Well, what about having Ray Rice? Why don't you come out, Tony Dungy, and talk about Ray Rice beating a female? I mean, I'm going to say it over and over again because I don't think – I think people see this on TV so much. I think the society is becoming immune to this kind of stuff, and it's okay. But if you smoke a joint – you are you're out for a year. If you use steroids, you're gone. I mean, just stupid things like that that do not affect anyone but the people that are doing it. Um, that's what I have a problem with. Goodell, it's time to revisit the NFL. I mean, you know, the black eye was given to the NFL, but it it, it was even worse with the the reaction, the response, the suspension time that we all see. And the call in number six four six seven one six five five six four if you would like to call in and weigh weigh in on this. And and Trey Cuervo said something in the chat room about Robert Mathis. I'm not familiar with anything in the media with Robert Mathis. Do you know of anything?
2: I think he was involved in domestic violence as well. But, I mean, Tarvin, here's another case that's coming up. I mean, the Carolina Panthers, Greg Hardy, I mean, here's another one. Uh, So is the precedent now two games for him? Yeah, I mean,
4: it's... Of course. I mean, how could you How could you give him more? And this is a big deal, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse in the NFL until somebody does something about it. There needs to be something in place to say if you physically assault a woman, you're out of the NFL for good. I mean, I, I don't care if it's that. I mean, I know that sounds harsh to people out there, but... Hitting a female, there's no excuse for that unless they're trying to do damage to you. We're gonna bring Cuervo on the line. Cuervo, I mean, is my penalty if I'm the commissioner too harsh? You never play football again?
5: Ah, uh, well, first of all, good evening, guys. I, I mean, I don't know if it's. I mean, I don't know. Suspending him for life is, is really the <laughs> answer. That is, I, I'll be honest, that is kind of harsh. <laughs> I'll be honest Good. That's a, that's a message I'm
3: trying to send, Cuervo. Yeah, I, I get
5: your point, Tarvin. Uh, but, like, I, my suspension for Ray Rice would be half a season, no pay, mandatory uh, anger management, mandatory counseling, mandatory whatever else you want to throw at him. I don't know if the counseling will do anything for him. But uh, the guy, needs he obviously has some things he needs to get off of his chest. But, Uh, No, the reason I brought up Robert Mathis, guys, is he's not involved in a domestic uh, dispute. Uh, If you guys remember, he tested positive for a fertility drug because him and his wife were trying to conceive a child. And he gets suspended for, I I forget, it was more than two games, I know that. So that's another example of how the priorities in the NFL are just jacked up. You have a guy who's trying to, you know, uh, add to a family – you know, and and are, are probably, you buying that though? Are you buying it? Yeah. I, I mean I can't prove it, but I mean again, has he has he has he laid his hands on his wife that we know of? No, I mean it, this guy's trying to to have a child. All right, that's the that's the story. I'm just going off of what we've heard and what we know. We we could play. Conspiracy all we want to Tarvin But I'm just going off of what the report Said the guy the guy test positive For a fertility drug because him And his wife are trying to have a child
1: Get suspended Uh, I have
4: a a question what what kind Of fertility drug could a man
5: take
1: Is it
4: Clomid or something like that
5: Uh, You know what I mean it's been it's been a while (laughs) I forgot the name of the Of the drug now I mean but it's But that's what they said that's what they said. So, okay. I mean, I can look it up and, and put it in the chat room, but I, I don't remember. Okay. If,
4: if, 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 if they came and, and saw that this guy was being tested for, say, a low sperm count, just say he had a low sperm count and he was trying to take a medicine to increase that to have a family, then there's nothing that should have been done about it. But there is responsibility of a player to report anything he's taking you know, to get it approved, but you're right. You're, you're giving somebody a two-game suspension for something like that, and you're also giving a wife-beater a two-game suspension. Which one's worse? I see your point, man. I'm not trying to argue your point.
5: Yeah, no, I understand. Well, I'm, And I'm looking at it right now. Apparently this fertility drug was on the PED list, which I don't see why. But anyways, uh, what was <laughs> the one that you, had, that you had mentioned? Clomid or Clomid? That's the one that that's the one that he tested positive for. Clomid. Uh, it says it's not approved by the FDA. Blah blah, whatever, whatever. The point is, I mean, okay, fine, it's on the list. You know, let's let's go about it the textbook way. But I mean, don't we have bigger things in the NFL? If you're if you're Roger Goodell, don't you have bigger things to worry about? You know, you got guys with DUIs. You got guys. You know, hitting their wives, and you got guys, um, you know, just doing all kinds of dumb stuff. And you know, man, maybe he should have done his homework. Whatever. Let, let you know, I don't know. But the point is, the, the, the big thing about this, this, though, that I'm the reason I'm bringing it up, Tarvin, is because he got a four game suspension. He got suspended longer than a man who put his hands on a woman. So. That's just another example of what we were talking about this morning.
4: Well, does that remind you a little bit of how the NCAA works? You, you you, look at it and you see these guys penalizing a player for dipping on the sideline or something, and then they're they're crushing these smaller schools with penalties, and sometimes they let the cheaters really walk free. It kind of reminds me of that. When you talked about that, it made me think of the NCAA, Querva. Or or they're having
5: they're eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich after curfew. Oh my god, the worst thing ever, right? <laughs> I think it's yeah. pretty silly. Well, well, let's bring
4: on Trey and and ask him about this uh, Robert Mathis with the fertility treatment drug. First of all, Trey, are you buying that that he was taking it for that reason? And
2: do you have a problem with it? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, it sort of goes back to the entire purposes. Um, or the argument that we're, that we're discussing, which is why, even if it's for, for performance-enhancing, even if it's not, no matter you buy it or not, you know, isn't it still just absolutely ridiculous that that suspension is more than Ray Rice? I mean, it's even, it, it, of course, it quadruples the argument. I mean, if he really was taking this for fertility, um, you know, to have a, a baby, and then he gets twice the suspension. Uh, so, you know, a man who's trying to have a, a child with his wife uh, and we'll take it, we'll take him at his word, gets twice the suspension as a man who hits his wife in the face and knocks her cold in the elevator. I mean, nothing about that <laughs> seems, seems like the NFL gets. Uh, and here's the thing, too. I mean, the NFL says half their half their audience is women. Uh, well, here's the thing. If, ladies, if you're listening and you're a fan of the NFL, I mean, you might want to sound off on this because it's not like it's just for your eyes. Like I said, Greg Hardy is right behind this. Uh, the defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. So you're about to see another one. Uh, so I think people need to make their voice heard so the NFL starts figuring out that this can't happen the way, they, the way they've done it. Well, Cuervo, let me, let me go to you real quick.
4: You're in the military. Your job is, is – so I'm not going to even put it out there. That's your business. But the bottom line is you're with the military. If you hit your wife tonight. You beat her up real bad. What would be your consequences tomorrow when you had to face the world?
5: Um, well, and, and, Trey, and Trey, I'm going to use lingo that only Trey would probably understand. I would be, uh, I mean, and it would happen right away. I would get, I would receive what's called a non-judicial punishment, which is basically the laws that we live by in the military. So if that was to happen, uh, first of all, I already know my career's done. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the boot. But uh, they're going to send me out with paperwork. Probably going to get a bad discharge and good luck trying to get a decent job. So it's it's the most severe thing, uh, type of punishment that I could receive because it's gonna hurt me, you know, the fact while I'm in and but it's gonna hurt me more after I get out. So that's what would happen to
4: me. Why should you end your career and and we're talking about Ray Roskins has been in two games from his livelihood. Why should you
5: lose your career and he should um, well, I mean, just because, and, and I don't even think it's, some, I, I get where you're going with the Tarvin, but that's the problem. The rules, the rules have been this way with us for years,
3: you know, I mean,
5: 50, 60, 70 years, they've been, it's been this way. And so we, we know, I mean, once, once we've, um, once you enter, you, you understand that you know, you're you're defending the nation like like we have certain rules that we live by. I mean, a DUI would do the same thing to me. If I get a DUI tonight, my career's over. Are I you do serious? Tonight. Oh yeah, I do drugs tonight. I do. I, I I hit my wife tonight. I get a DUI tonight. I'm done. It's over. Like all all three of those things end my career because of the okay. standard that that we live by. You know, being being in the armed forces. Well, I'd say
4: this in, in my career and in the financial field, management, and the retirement. If I beat my wife, and it came out that that I beat my wife and was found guilty, guess what, Cuervo? I would be fired immediately, and mm-hmm. I brought embarrassment on the company. I brought embarrassment on myself, and a professional doesn't act in that manner. So, Ray Rice is a professional athlete because. Uh, he's a dumb jock, I guess. He can get by with it with two games and not end his livelihood. But I don't know many professions out there that you could beat your wife, hurt someone, and, and only get suspended a couple of weeks. I mean, that's that's insane. That's that's my problem. Everybody should be held to a standard with that. If you're a professional, and I'm not talking about just in in sports, I'm talking about in life, you should have the same consequences. And that's why, I don't think people look at that when you start, you know, comparing apples to apples here. It really is. I mean, he's a professional. I'm a professional. I lose my career. He should lose his. And people, and he's probably
5: upset somewhere deep down that he got suspended two games. Yeah, well, you know what, you know what, know though, that, that's the problem not just with the NFL, but with what, you know, our priorities as as uh, as a country in America You know, we are willing to, um, you know, go lighter on sports entertainment figures or even celebrities than we are people that, for example, handle our money every day like yourself uh, at a bank or serve the country like myself, like Trey. You know, like, but we're more focused on, what's going on in the sports industry, and the entertainment industry because of just the way the way this country's ran today. You know, that that that's our focus. Like the social media, the you know, the sports world, the entertainment world, these guys are all entertainers and I mean imagine if Ray Rice if, if Roger Digell tomorrow was to say Ray Rice is, is banned for life from the NFL people would go nuts, Carvin. And the reason for that is because everybody knows who Ray Rice is. If you say, you know, you know, my, name is, my first name is Mario, you know, Mario Dorena, that's my, that's my name. And they're like, oh, he's been kicked out of the Marines. Everybody's going to be like, well, who's that? I
0: don't
5: care. <laughs> right now, he's been, yeah. he's been, he's been uh, discharged from the Army for this reason. Oh, who's that? We don't care. Ray Rice gets suspended and banned for life. From, oh, my God, what is wrong with Roger Goodell? He's the worst person ever. That's the reaction you're going to get because nobody knows who we are. But you you say Ray Rice, everybody knows who he is. And it's well,
4: about to bring on, Let's bring on Jason Humphrey out in Oregon and see what he thinks about Ray Rice's punishment. Welcome to the show, Jason.
3: Hey, guys. How are you guys doing?
4: Doing good, man. What's going on?
3: Hey, um, yeah, that Ray writes two-game suspension for hitting his wife. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. Should at least be eight games. Um, I'm right with you, um, there's players all over the league that gets banned for drugs and run out for a year, and two games for hitting a female. It's a, it's a joke. You know? Well, yeah. I, I
4: haven't heard eight games before, but I mean that's a half a season,
1: and and you yeah. know that's
4: a lot better than eight games. But I mean, why why do you think Goodell would allow only a two game suspension for this? I mean, did, did Ray Rice pay you millions of dollars to reduce it? What?
3: I the the only thing I could think of is first offense, but I know a drug first offense is four games. In it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it's, it's, um, um, I got a bold prediction to say on the show. Should I wait till later or till now? Yeah, why not just go ahead now and say it. I'm ready. All right, here's my bold prediction for Cardiff's football. No one will go undefeated. I mean, no one. Even my Dutch, even Florida State, Alabama, Auburn. No one that goes undefeated on this year.
4: So. Well Jason, are you are you ready to give your fourteen playoff? Who who's gonna make the playoff?
3: Uh, 14? Uh I'm gonna save it when I do my YouTube videos targets. I'm gonna have a video for every week, so that'll be one of my topics. So look at that. All right. Look for that video at the end of the month. Well, Jason, man, yeah. thanks
4: for calling in, bud, and we'll be looking for your video on YouTube. Jason is our caller of the year for weigh-in sports for the year 2013, so we appreciate him and all he does. And well, we'll get off Ray Rice um, since since Goodell's handling that for us, and and Trey, getting to you right quick, Johnny and Manziel, and and I'm going to give you. The Cleveland Browns said they are stunned by Johnny Manziel's nonstop party. I mean, I'm not surprised or shocked. Are you? Why, why in the world are they? If they did their homework, they realize this guy's nothing but a, but a party animal. Yeah, I don't know how
2: you could be surprised that Johnny Manziel likes to party. I mean, that 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 is the least shocking thing I've ever heard. Man, here's a quarterback
4: that, you know, taken in the first round, which which made me scratch my head. He's going to be backing up a terrible quarterback in Cleveland, Cuervo, but are you surprised at the Browns' comments that said they expect better from him and they're shocked or stunned? Let me put it that way. They're stunned by, by his party. I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he's a he's an MTV music video, isn't
5: he? <laughs> yeah, he sure is, Harvish. Um, well, I don't know why they're stunned. I mean, unless they don't watch college football or they know nothing about college football, then, I mean, they should know what you're getting with, with Money Zell because that's just who he is. And, and you know, why – I mean, you see what he did in college, and now that he's got a little bit of money in his pocket of his own, money of his own, I mean, my God. I mean, you have to be one of the dumbest people to – to think that he wasn't going to, you know, bring all this attention on himself when he got that first paycheck from whatever team he was going to get drafted by. I mean, you have to really be naive or just knew nothing about the kid except for his name and knew that, oh, okay, well, he's really popular. Let's draft him.
4: Well, I'm trying to get Kevin Costner on the show, you know, to talk about the movie Draft Day. You know, it it it, it reflected the Cleveland Browns to talk about them. I, I think Kevin Costner knew going in. Hell, this is a fantasy world. This is a movie. This is Hollywood, Cuervo. He knew what was about to happen Uh Manziel went to Cleveland. I mean, I'm not buying that. Get that out of here. I mean, saying you're stunned at how he parties. I mean, this guy, how can he focus? You know, I'm thinking to be an NFL quarterback, you have to be very intelligent, I'm thinking, to learn the playbooks, to, to be serious. You have to treat it like a job. I mean, would you say, Cuervo, that Johnny
5: Manziel treating this like a profession? No, he's not, Tarvin, because and, – and this is not to, um, you know, back Manziel up, but I don't think he understands that yet. I, I mean, has the kid ever had a job before? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he probably went from high school – straight to uh, straight to college at A&M, and his parents are, you know, his parents have money, so the kid's probably, he probably never held a job before, doesn't under, really understand what responsibility truly means or what it's, what it's about. Like, I started working when I was 15 years old, so I, I knew the value of a dollar, I understood what it was to have a job and have responsibility, and I'm sure you did too, Tarvin, Um but, I i, I mean, no, nah, I could be wrong. I'd have to sit there and read his bio or whatever, but it seems like this is the first job he's really had. So, to say, is he treating this like a profession? I don't even think he understands what the word profession means.
4: Right, his only profession was cashing his $10,000 a month allowance check, probably from his old man. And, and I, I look right at his dad. You know, you did, Mr. Manziel, you did a terrible job raising this guy. And I, I know, you know, you can't always look at the parents, but I can for this kid. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And I guarantee you, if my parents were millionaires, I wouldn't have a dime of it. I would have earned everything I, I've, I've received at this point, and I'd earn it. So I'm looking at his parents. So they've done a terrible job with this kid, and now he's in a grown man league, and he's going to get his butt kicked. That's just all I'm going to say about it. You won't hear about Johnny Manziel being successful in the NFL. He's going to get up looking out of his ear hole. So I just wanted to talk about Johnny Manziel just for a moment. Not going to give him too much love or anything, but uh, a Jets corner, D. Milner from Alabama comes out and made a big statement, said he was the best corner in the NFL trade. This is D Milner for the Jets, and he's better than Sherman and better than all of them. I mean, do you admire the kid's confidence, or are you just, or is he smoking a little weed?
2: Well, Milner's a little bit uh, out of his league right now. He, he, he isn't in the, even in the ballpark of top corners. He improved a lot late last season, um, but you got to remember how bad he was earlier in the season. I mean, this guy, was they were talking about busting him in the first round. Uh, because how bad he was early on. So uh, I don't think that uh, that um, that he's even in, in the near top half.
4: Yeah, I'm not buying it, Cuervo. I mean, it's good to have confidence, but sometimes it's stupid. I mean, you're playing in a league where Tom Brady is going to be playing against you twice, so at least he'll have a chance to back it up, right?
0: Yeah, he will.
5: I was on mute. Yeah, I was on mute. Sorry about that. I have a bad habit of doing that, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have a chance. Yeah, I mean, not just him, but he's... um, I, I don't know who, to, who else to just play, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be some solid uh, teams, but you know, there's another guy that did that, too. I don't know if you guys caught it. Uh, it, was a, it was a you know, something that just kind of blew over. Brandon Flowers who just got signed by the by the um, the Chargers, he was a Kansas City Chief, and now he plays in San Diego. He made the same type of comment too, and <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing I, I, that I did with with, uh, with Flowers. I'm saying you know say the same thing to to Milner is just let <laughs> I'm just going to laugh. I'm just going to laugh because that's all that those type of comments deserve is just a laugh because it's a joke. Well,
4: I want to move to college football and and talk about all these arrests that are going on. And mainly, there's three schools involved in about every arrest or every kicked off a team, Georgia, Texas, and Texas A&M. I mean, these guys are just losing players left and right. Um, I've not been a fan of Kevin Sumlin at Texas. Um, I I just think he enabled Johnny Manziel to be who he is. He let Johnny Manziel run the team. It looks like Rick's trying to force some people out in the discipline, but it's not working. But at least I'm going to commend Charlie Strong for coming into Texas and trying to clean house right now, guys. Trey, Charlie Strong comes in and makes a big statement. Why can't Kevin Sumlin get that? I mean, Kevin Sumlin, to me, is the worst coach when it comes to discipline in college football.
2: Well, I mean, Sumlin, part of his thing, there's been some ridiculous um, arrest, um in Texas A&M this past, this off-season. I mean, not all these guys are involved in nefarious in type things. I, mean, I think one guy got arrested for, like, sitting on a curb. I mean, there's just been some ridiculous stuff. So, I mean, did Sumlin enable Manziel? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I sure did a little bit. Uh, so that's pretty much uh, spot on. But, I mean, someone has a lot of talent coming in there. And whether he's ready for all that and the problems it comes with is going to be a different issue.
4: Yeah, Texas, you got wide receiver Kendall Sanders and Montel Minder arrested for rape. I mean, it's just going on and on. I, mean, I can say, and tell you, Cuervo, so many arrests. Southern Miss, defensive backhead, Wilkins arrested. TCU defensive end Devontae Fields, Georgia linebackers, uh, Davin Bellamy, Marshall running back Kevin Grooms. I mean, the list goes on and on. We could sit here all day and talk about it. And uh, when's enough enough? I mean, what, what's going to happen in college football? Now they're talking about maybe giving these guys siphon and money. You're going to give money to criminals now and people that don't know how to act, Cuervo. you could. This could be very dangerous, talking about giving money to these guys.
5: Yeah, it can be because imagine if they had a little bit of money in their pocket, what else would they do? I mean, they, well, they're probably getting involved with the damn mafia for all we know. And, and, and that's, and I'm not even joking. Like I'm being for real. I mean, you get a little bit of money in your pocket. Hey, let's turn that five hundred bucks into five thousand, and take that five thousand, and make it five hundred thousand. I mean, my God. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what. what the, the possibilities are endless. And, and and that's that I'm not even joking when I say that because of you know the connections that are out there in this world so um yeah it, it could get ugly real quick but you ask when is enough enough oh my god i mean i just i don't see it slowing down i mean the only way to, to really and this will never happen so i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm not saying there's any chance it's going to happen but if you just get rid of football for a while, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the only way to really eliminate something is to eliminate it. Get rid of the whole thing as a whole. Hey, no college wow. football for for two seasons. You know, all you're crazy. All, I know I'm crazy, and I'm not saying it's going to happen because there's way <laughs> too much money to pay. But you you asked the question: When is enough enough? <laughs> we we all know that. You know the, the 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 arrests and all that stuff. It's not going to stop. It's not going to slow down. So, I mean, what are, why are they supposed to, you know, lock these guys down like they're in prison? Like hey, the only the only restrictions you have are to go to class, to go to practice. If you don't have a social life. That's all you get to do. Hey, if it works, it works. But I mean, there's 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 too much. There's too much out there. There's there's trouble everywhere for these kids to get into, no matter where they are. So, when is enough enough? I mean, that, I mean it's never it's never going to stop. It's just never going to stop. You have to figure out ways how to how to control it and maintain
0: it.
4: Trey, I mean it's 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 happening more and more. We talked about it the last show. Is there just Look at it, Georgia. Let's look at Athens. I mean, is that place just, just too bad of a place? I mean, too many distractions, too many temptations for these kids?
2: Well, I mean, I think part of it at big universities there could be. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it um, has to do with the fact, you know, you, you know Cuervo brings up the, the dramatic approach to it, but, I mean, fans enable this behavior uh, in every way, uh, fans idolize really uh, college punk, high school punk, uh, <laughs> and they make these guys out like they're the greatest thing ever. I mean, and that's wrong. And that, if you want to know the root cause of all this, it's all the people who think you know Cam Newton's a hero. And he's not. He's a football player. Um, all of these guys are athletes. <laughs> they're not heroes. And until we start treating them like that. Is it, really, is it really surprising uh, that some of these guys get a God complex and think they're better than everybody else
0: and
4: think
2: they're above the law? No, it's not surprising at all.
4: Trey, that's only a Florida State with Jameis Winston, isn't it?
0: <laughs>
2: well, there, there's people at Florida State who think he's the same way, uh, but it is not just – I think you have Cam Newton uh, tattooed a tramp stamp on your back, buddy. So uh...
4: <laughs> well, the thing that bothers me is, Nick Marshall got pulled over with a citation. I don't know if it was a citation, but
0: 80%
4: of the Auburn Nation was defending this guy. Like, ah, oh, he shouldn't miss any time. He's just a kid. But somebody else in another school does it. It's like kick him off the team, ban him from football. But you may be on to something, Trey. Uh, the fans tolerate this a lot. So, I mean, what if the fans actually stood up and said, hey, we're not going to tolerate this at our school? I mean we're we're Florida State, we're Alabama, we're Auburn,
2: whatever. I mean would would that help? Yeah. Uh, the, the yeah can you imagine it? if the university uh I mean especially in the, you know, the Bible Belt like Alabama and Auburn held, held their teams play their teams good players to the same standard that they hold their families to. Yeah? I mean that's that is saying something. I
4: mean, the fans do tolerate a lot, and, and I hate it. I didn't want Nick Marshall suspended, but do I think he deserves a suspension? Sure. I mean, I, I think he does. Being a leader of a team, he, he should be better than that, and and he wasn't. But you know what, Cuervo, it's all about the wins and losses, really, and some of these coaches, you know, p- people think that tight ends and quarterbacks are held to the
5: same standard, but that's not true, is it, Cuervo? No, they're not. I mean, especially, especially quarterbacks. I mean, when you, when you think of quarterbacks, they're, they're the focal point. They're the leader of your, of your, of your team. So they have to, I think they absolutely have to be held to a higher standard just because of the fact that, like I said, I mean, they are what, you know, keeps the team that's, that's what makes them, uh, you know, a, a good team. I mean, you look at the past, you know, let's, Let's just use the Heisen, for example. I'm not saying that's the end all be all as far as who the you know the best leaders in college football are or anything like that. But you look at who's who wins that trophy. It's always quarterbacks for the most part because of how important they are. But you know, I, and they should be held to a higher standard. You know, what I mean, they they they're you know, they, like I said, they're they're the leaders of the team. They set the example. So. You know, um, I just wanted to go back to what you guys were talking about a little bit ago as far as, you know, uh, what was it about the, the you you treat the fans the same way as the players or what What, what was it exactly you guys were the, saying? The
4: players, the players hold – or the fans hold the players accountable just like they would their own family or something, you know. They don't tolerate it.
5: Well, okay, well, but how would they do that? By not going to the games or – I mean, how, how would that how would that work? How about blasting them on social media
4: instead of coddling them and saying, "Hey, we're all behind you. We're all a family," and you know, you know, sure. coddling these guys. You you look at these. You go to Twitter. You go to Facebook to a page of a player, for instance, Winston. You know, when he was in all that kind of allegations and everything going on. I mean, 90% of the Florida State fan base was like, we're behind you, Jameis. We know you're innocent or something. Well, instead of, you know, calling him out, I don't know if mm-hmm. going to the game would, would do anything. But, I mean, holding him accountable. These players think they can do anything they want to do and not be accountable for it. And that's what Trey was saying, I think.
5: Sure. No, and and I, I get what you're saying now because, you know, Publicly embarrassing oh, somebody, peer pressure—I mean, all those things are 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 you know things that will make people change their ways. You know, if if your personal business gets out there and people are just you know you're being embarrassed from all business, from from every from every angle, then maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. And it's like it's like you know Trey said, you know, they treat certain guys like they're like they're a model citizen and they're role models and they're heroes and they're this and they're that, and it's like, no, they're just a football player. You know, they're no different from from you and I. They put their pants on the same way, and they're no different. So, you know, just because they're on TV all the time and and you know, they make money. At least on the NFL level, they legally make money. Um, and I, I mean, they still do. They still. Oh put their pants on the same way, they still do everything that we do as as humans. So they're no different.
4: Well, Trey, I'll tell you this, Trey, if if Winston, just say, was a a backup receiver for Florida State, and, and, you know, he wasn't that, he was just a good player. He wasn't great or anything. Would he still be at Florida State right now?
2: No, I don't think he would be. No shot.
4: No, and, and even in that season when Auburn went undefeated with Cam Newton, and if, if uh, it was Barrett Trotter at Auburn, and they were a, a seven and five team, I guarantee you Barrett Trotter would no longer be at Auburn anymore because they wouldn't they wouldn't allow anything like that to even be a possibility, especially when the father comes out in the midst for shopping his sons. But it's all about winning in that quarterback position. They're going to do everything they can to make sure and. Coaches are accountable, too. Coaches are to blame, too, for the actions of these. And sometimes a little slap on the wrist suspension is not good enough. There has to be a deterrent in place. And we're not just here to bash these players and to get rid of them all, but we're here to educate them and make them realize that, hey, we want to win. We want to win championships. We want to do it, but we're not going to let you throw your life away and embarrass yourself in this school in order to to make you happy. So, I mean, I, I just wish coaches would stand up more. And Nick Marshall, for what he did, he deserves a suspension for it. I mean, he deserves at least a game, at least, just a wake-up call. He wasn't arrested, and I know that's important, but he still needs to be held accountable. Um, I'm like that with everybody. I don't want anybody to get by with something. I want everybody to be treated the same, but I know that's not going to happen in life. I mean, I just know that's not how yeah. it is.
2: And, Tarvin, just to prove your point, I mean, um, those – I know Washington may not be the, the center point of SEC fandom, but, you know, Peterson, who went to Boise State to Washington, suspended his starting quarterback for a game. He wasn't arrested. And what he said was, I don't care. Um, he said the court didn't do anything, but I did.
0: Yeah,
4: that's a good point.
2: But who, who did they play that first game? Well, it's not how they. They play actually somebody decent. I mean, the point is, is is he chose? He could have not suspended his quarterback at all, just just like a lot of programs wouldn't have. Um, he has a starting quarterback, and he could have just said, "Hey, nothing happened. Why? Why should I suspended him? You know, when he has no charges." Uh, but he did something, uh, so that's that's more than a lot of coaches are doing.
3: Well, right, it's
4: kind and look. And, and I know this is not a popular response to people. We have people from ESPN at different places on this show for recruiting. But I think it all starts, We know, they're, they're following recruiting now. These sophomores in high school, juniors in high school, Cuervo, they're on TV. They're in the media all the time. They're made to believe that there's something special before they even hit a college campus. And they've they've been treated different their entire lives, so... You know, what what if we kind of tone down recruiting following, you know, if we're making it such a big production,
5: really? Would that help? Um, No, I don't know. I don't know if it would help. What they could get rid of is the, uh, you know, the National Signing Day on TV. Hey, let it be more of a a private-type thing and, you know, kind of get your information. That's what the Internet's for. You know, if you if you want to if you want to know what uh, what players that your team got, follow the website on ESPN and check it. You know, and, and like because like you said, I mean these guys these guys they put them on that pedestal to think they're bigger than than uh, you know than than the game or than the school that they're going to go to because why because they got cameras in their face all day so of course they're like oh look at me I'm on camera I'm this I'm that Oh, I'm shit. Whatever, whatever, because they got cameras in their face. You take those cameras away. Oh, well, I'm just here to sign the letter of intent, I guess. You know, looks like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, because it's not that. Because you're not a big deal yet. You know, so to me, I think you change up like national signing day. Uh, you know, don't put it on TV. Don't put it on ESPN. You uh, and things like that. And and also. Make the, um, what's that with the uh, the Army All-American game? What is it called? I forgot. We're all the best, you know, high school players in the country. Don't televise yeah. that game. Because, again, there's cameras everywhere, and they're like, oh, look at me. This is my chance to get on TV, blah, blah, blah. And they think, you know, their head just swells up. So make that game, you know, not televised. Just don't make it a televised game. Yeah. Make it make it just like a like a private, you know, evaluation for the coaches because that's who it's really for. It's for these coaches that are trying to recruit these players. It's not for us to be like, Oh, look at that catch and whatever, whatever. Like you know, yeah, it's cool for the fans to see oh, we're getting this player, that player, but what impact do fans have on how good these guys are gonna be? That they, they don't. They have zero impact. So I just think taking the cameras away will definitely help out a lot as well. Well, You're listening to Weigh In
4: Sports Talk Live, um, 646-716-5564. Trey, before we go in a few minutes here, uh, DirecTV has still not made a decision on the SEC network. I mean, would this be suicide for DirecTV if they didn't carry this?
3: No, I mean
2: obviously you want to I mean it's they would get um money uh to their pockets if they did. I mean it's not, it's not suicide uh for a network that big. I mean this this is not gonna be that that uh um it's not gonna out you know, the nation's leading T V network. Um but it it's certainly a revenue stream that they're going to need. So I think I think the deal will get done. it's actually pretty close. Uh they're working it out. It, no big network like DirecTV – um, isn't going to have this on there just because they're all about making money. Uh, and SEC fans will watch this.
4: Well, I think it's not just the the South. People think, well, people in the South, there's SEC fans all over the country. And it's not just SEC fans that want. Believe it or not, there's, there's Utah fans out there, Colorado, Oregon, that want to see SEC football and would change their service to get it. I'm telling you, they said that the SEC, once DirecTV comes on board, it's going to outgain the Longhorn Network, the Pac-12 Network, the Big Ten Network times three already. That's how big this is. And you know, DirecTV did not carry the Pac-12 Network trade. And you know why? Because nobody wants it. I mean, is that a a stretch to say that? Nobody said they're going to cancel their service if they didn't get the Pac-12 Network. You can go to Twitter and you can read right now direct tv would lose millions and millions of customers if they don't carry this i mean and that's why i'm saying it would be suicide for them their competitor dish network and all the other ones out there would gobble up these customers and that would be a huge mistake for direct tv
2: well like i said i think it'll happen and i'm not so sure that it's fatalistic as you say i think it's It's a programming, I think with any kind of large-scale fandom, uh, you're going to want it. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people wouldn't leave DirecTV because of the NFL Sunday ticket um, for that and that alone. I mean, you know, people would have to choose what they want to watch. But, I mean, here's the thing. They're going to get it, because DirecTV is the premier in sporting entertainment. Um, That's my opinion. So I think they will have it. Uh, and I think I'll be tuning in every now and again to watch some good SEC opponents.
4: Well, Trey, is the Drake TV the only one that carries the NFL ticket? I thought
2: other other people carried that as well. Not that I'm aware, I mean, not that I'm aware of. I know Dish doesn't.
4: Okay, well, I think you're lying, Trey, about free free NFL ticket this year. <laughs>
0: I want to see right.
4: I want to see your. I want to see your bill. Well, I didn't say it was free. I said I get it every
2: year. Okay. Well, I
4: got the Cuervo talked me into, and, and Couch, they they talked me into uh, to getting uh, the Red Zone channel. So I, got the, I have the Red Zone channel now, the ticket. So I'm going to be stacked up on Sunday watching all this NFL football, Cuervo. And I know you finally talked me into getting it. I finally got
5: it. I'm telling you right now, Harvin, and Tony's listening right now, by the way, it's going to be the best 9 bucks or 10 bucks, I should say, that you'll ever spend in your life because it's part of the sports package. You're going to get the NFL Network. You're going to get
3: um, – It's, it's know, not the for T
4: V though. It's not. You have to purchase the, the ticket to be able to get and pay extra for the red zone, and it's a lot more expensive. You can't get it like your cable company can. I have to – actually, the package is like $350 to be able to get the red zone. And I got it for all for a hundred bucks.
5: Well, I mean, that, well, that's a lot, but I mean, it's still it's still a better investment than the than the Sunday ticket is because you're getting you're getting all the games, and you might not get to watch the whole game of every game. But what do people like to watch? They like to watch the exciting parts, the highlights, the touchdowns, the big plays, and that's what Red Zone shows you. So. Um, you know, that's what you're going to get. Now, uh, Sonny had told me to mention to you about the, uh, the red zone for college. It's ESPN's goal line. So it's a, it's a channel through ESPN. It's called goal line, uh, and it's pretty much the same concept. You know, it's going to hop from game to game. It will go from Auburn, Mississippi State to, you know, Florida State versus, uh, you know, Clemson to Tennessee versus Georgia. And it just hops back and forth throughout every single game. And you could just put it out that one channel on Saturdays and you would get the same, the same thing. So um, that, and that's through, I don't know how direct TV does it, but you might want to change cable companies if you're interested in doing that Tarvin, that's a lot of money. But
4: us, well, I mean, and, it's you, you got to remember, you got to remember, this is the ticket and the red zone and it shows the summary at midnight on Sunday or Monday, actually. You get to watch all the games in 30 minutes. a 100 bucks for all of that. It's not too bad, is it? No, I think it's great. I mean, the Red Channel will change your life.
2: It really will. It will. I've
4: never been able to watch it, but you know what? I'm going to try it this this time, and I can also DVR my games on the ticket to watch um, I got a buddy, Big E, your favorite guy, Trey. I got Big E the NFL ticket for free. I couldn't get him the uh, the red zone with it, so I ended up having to pay money just to get the red zone, so it better be worth it. But, Trey, is there a college ESPN Go line on
2: DirecTV? I'm not aware and of that. That's a, no, I'm not aware of any programming like that, but uh, that's something I'll have to check out. That does sound intriguing.
4: And, Trey, I just sent you money through PayPal, so you should be getting that shortly. My long
0: time, your rent was
4: due. going to kick me out and evict me, man, but it's there. I sent you $2. That's that's what you're worth.
0: <laughs>
4: that's, counting, right. that's counting the tip. That's counting the tip, too. <laughs> $2. And I'm a very gracious tipper, man. I'm a very gracious tipper. All well, right, man. Guys, well, anything y'all want to talk about before we get out of here tonight? Oh, I'm beat tonight. I am. No, man. I I'm good, man. Let's... All right. Well, Trey,
5: all Cuervo, do you have
4: anything you want to add before we go?
5: Uh, no. I I think we I think we talked a lot about a good a, uh, about a lot of good stuff, Tarvin. Uh thanks for having me on. I can't think of anything though, So, it was a good show tonight.
4: Well, thanks for that. And I'm just excited about the NFL. Usually I'm not as pumped up about NFL football this year, but, I mean, when the season comes, but I'm getting pumped up with all these channels and I'm going to be able to watch NFL in a different way. You know, I remember a year ago before I got the ticket, I'm sitting here watching, you get to watch the Falcons on Sunday or you you may get a Fox game with it, and it's usually not as great, those early games. I love being able to go in. And, and watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it. And I know Trey's leaving us right now. Trey, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you Wednesday night. But, you know, I'm, I'm just excited, Cuervo, to be able to watch NFL football all at once like this and be able to do so many things with it. If you don't have the NFL ticket or, or some kind of red zone, you you need to get it because just the ticket alone changed my life, Cuervo. I can't imagine what red zone's about to do.
5: Oh, God, red zone's going to – and the best thing about it, you know, you're, I'm telling you, so what if you don't get to see the whole game? That's all I hear is people talking about, well, you don't get to see the whole game. Wait, you want to see every two-yard run that D'Angelo Williams has or, you know, when Cam Newton gets sacked. You don't want to see that. You want to see the good stuff. You want to see when, when, when Newton hits the rookie Benjamin for a 25-yard pass or if he hits Greg Olson for a 17-yard touchdown. That's what you want to see, and that's what you get with Red Zone Tarvin. You don't get you don't get the garbage, you don't get the two yard runs, and nobody cares about. You get the highlights, and like I know with with the version that that Sonny and I watch, and we've interviewed Scott Hansen, who's the host of Red Zone uh, from NFL Network, uh, really really great guy, down to earth personality, and things like that. He will let you know. So let's say you're watching Panthers and Falcons, okay and something happened between the Packers and the Vikings, he will, as, you, as they're showing the, uh, the, the, the Panthers in the red zone against Atlanta, he will let you know, hey, we're going to take you to Green Bay here in just a minute. Uh, Adrian Peterson just did this or whatever, but let's finish off here in, you know, with the Panthers. Let's see if they score, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as they're done, he'll go straight to uh, the Packers-Vikings and they'll show you what happened. And then they'll cut to the live footage of that game as long as they're not in commercial or anything like that. And that's another big thing, too, Tarvin, is, you know, it's commercial-free, so it's seven straight hours of nonstop football. They will switch to whatever game is on at the time. You get no commercials. On top of that, uh, and Sonny's making the comments in in the chat room, you get what's called the double box or the triple box or sometimes even the quad box, where you get to see two, three, sometimes even four games at the same time if they're all in the, um, you know, in the red zone or, you know, all these teams are about to score. And it's so exciting, especially, like, when, when it's, like, week 15, week, week 16, and these teams are fighting for playoff spots. Like, you're getting everything at one time on one channel. If you go and you YouTube it right now after we get off, there was, there was a moment. Uh, I, I think it was two years ago, Tarvin. Where, and this was when RG3 was a rookie. Um, it was, it was the 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 uh, Redskins were in the red zone. Uh, I think the Vikings had just hit a game-winning field, though, field goal to send them to the playoffs, and there was there was like two other games going, on. and everything just happened just back to back to back to, and it all happened within 20 seconds of or 15 seconds of each other. If you go to YouTube and you YouTube that. You're going to be like, wow, if this is what I'm getting. Yeah, it's definitely worth 100 bucks. Well, how do you watch a game,
4: uh, Cuervo? I know the Bears. Do you watch them by themselves and just
5: focus on the Bears, or do you watch the Bears through the red zone? You know, you know what? Since I've been here in Chicago, Tarvin, yes, I will watch them on the regular channel. But as soon as they cut to a commercial, I flip right back to red zone. So I still get no commercials.
4: Okay, well, that would be awesome, especially if you're, you're betting on football games out there. You have money on eight different games, Cuervo. You can sit here and watch all the scores all the time, and that would be exciting.
5: Well, and, and that's what you get, and that's what you get with, with, uh, with the red zone. I mean, they're, always, they're constantly – and it's got a ticker on the bottom, too. So it's constantly showing you the scores. It's giving you fantasy updates. Like, all, it has all that stuff. And Sonny says I need two TVs. I'm, I, I'm gonna. I think I, I, think I will go two this year. Um, you know, just because of, you know, all the, all the stuff going on. But see, I'm moving too, though. I'm moving back to California after, you know, the first month of the season. So, you know, it's kind of pointless oh, no. to do the two TVs. So. Yeah, I know. So I'm going oh, back. Oh, where you? Better make Chargers sure. You time. better make
4: sure you get the SEC network while you're in California.
5: Well, yeah, I already looked it up, and I'll be getting it because over there they have uh, they have Cox, Cox Cable, um, and they 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 already ca- I already looked it up. They're going to carry the S&P Network. I'm going to get it while I'm here as well. So um, if you don't have it by then, Tarvin, I will keep you informed of how it is if it's even worth having.
4: Yeah, I'll look at it. But hey, before we go, I wanted to. Uh, touch on that this place ESPN came out with their toughest conferences and or their toughest schedules not just conferences but let me give you the top
0: 10 teams
4: it. Cuervo and everybody out there if you want to know if your team is in the top 10 and it kind of gives you a an indication of which which teams or which conferences are the toughest number one Utah out of the Pac 12 conference number two the Auburn Tigers out of the SEC Number three, the Florida Gators out of the SEC. Texas A&M number four out of the SEC. Tennessee number five out of the SEC. Stanford six out of the Pac 12. Arkansas seven out of the SEC. Washington state eight out of the Pac 12. California nine out of the Pac 12. And then you have Notre Dame. They're independent. What does that tell you, Cuervo, when I read you those top ten teams right there?
5: Uh, well, you said SEC a lot, so. You know, I mean, I don't think it's a big secret The SEC is the best conference in, in the nation. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at like – Five out of the top like, seven. Yeah, five out of the top seven. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. The SEC still is king. I want to hear about, well, Florida State beat Auburn. Okay, that's great. That's what, <laughs> one out of the – what? Okay, wow, the SEC – Hey, Carvin, SEC only won eight out of nine championships now, I guess. I guess the run in the SEC is over with, right? Just because
4: Florida State was a good team.
5: Florida State,
3: yeah, people they don't they realize, realize they were
4: a good team, but it doesn't mean they're from a great conference.
3: No, and, and I'm not taking
5: anything away from Florida State, Tarvin. I mean, they, they were a very good team. They're, they're a very good team. Uh, but like you said, I mean, that does, that is not a reflection of the conference itself because you still have your you know guy you know teams like Maryland and I'm sorry Duke has not shown me anything. You got to have one good season, big deal. All right, um, you know what I mean you still have Clemson who just lost Taj Boyd and Tammy Watkins. So how good are they going to be next year? You know in the ACC you still have Boston College who's terrible. Okay, you still have uh, you know Wake the Miami Hurricanes who are up and down. You know Miami's up and down. Wake Forest is terrible. Uh, Carolina is not always a very good team. NC State, they're good twice a year. So, I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, I mean I'm I'm telling you this. If you put just put you put
4: Auburn and Florida State schedule this year, they're thirteen and 0, ready to go to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm telling right you. The state, it's not even close. It's not even close. When you talk about Florida State's State good. schedule.
5: Yeah, you you get Florida State Auburn schedule. you got to play Alabama. you got to play LSU. you got to play, um, you know, what, what was it that you said, Mississippi State, that everybody's saying the Auburn's going to lose to them? Give me a break.
4: I mean, yeah, I mean you, you have
5: Kansas State on the
4: road. You play Arkansas, which is not that good. You play at Mississippi State, at Ole Miss, at Georgia, at Alabama, home against LSU, home against South Carolina. I mean, all those games I just mentioned just about, Auburn can lose those games. You look at Florida State and their schedule. There's maybe one that they could possibly lose, and I doubt it's even a possibility. That's how you you gauge conference strength. That's how you gauge gauge strength of a team's schedule. How many of those games are you going to have to work for? Auburn better bring their A games this year or they're going to be 8 and 4. And so, I mean, they got to show up and play hard, but if you put Florida State in that schedule? I guarantee you if they do run run through it ten and two or eleven and one they're gonna have a lot of injuries they're gonna be tested a lot, but that's why I want this four team or this committee to actually look and reward teams for playing tough competition i I mean going to Kansas State is not easy going like Tennessee going to
5: norman oklahoma and and playing the red so, schedule I mean, come on, I'm so scared of that game by the way, Tarvin I mean. I just I just hope Tennessee can keep that game respectable really. That and that's me being being honest. I really hope Tennessee can keep it not like when they went to Eugene last year and just got the break speed off of them. I'm not I I would be happy with a 14 point loss. I would. Well, you're rebuilding
4: that, right now. You're rebuilding.
5: Yeah, I, I and I I understand that, Tarvin. I really do. I, and, but that's, that's, the, that, that's the respect I'm giving to Oklahoma, though. I'm just, I'm just hoping that Tennessee doesn't go in there and embarrass themselves too much. So, you know, but that, that's, that's just telling you, hey, as a conference in the SEC, you know, everybody says that they're scared to go on the road and things like that. Well, hold on a second. Haven't they been doing these, uh, uh, what are these? These April 5th, yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of the season. But who do we always see? We always see Alabama. We've seen Auburn do it. We L S playing Wisconsin this year. So don't give me that crap about the SEC is scared to go outside of their. The next year, Auburn's going to Louisville.
4: Yeah, Southern. Yeah, Southern Cal and Alabama are playing and, um in the next couple of years. But the SEC has gotten beat up. For their out-of-conference, and they've gotten beat up for their eight-game schedule in the conference. But do you really want to add a ninth SEC game seriously, and and think it's the same level playing field as these other conferences? Wake up, people! Get the hate out of your mind and your heart. It's ridiculous. I look at I look at the SEC the way they play. It's not even close to schedule. That's why I just gave you the top seven toughest schedules, and five of them are SEC teams. Don't don't sit here and tell me that, that they don't play anybody. I mean, Florida usually doesn't play anybody out of the state, but they do play Florida. Georgia always plays somebody good. They play uh, Clemson. you got South Carolina always plays Clemson. So you st- you have these rivalries that are built in that are tough. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tennessee football, yeah. Cuervo, before we go, we do have to say a special happy birthday to Coach Lett. He's a regular on our show. He always gives us great information on the Tennessee volunteers. You being a Tennessee uh, fan, Cuervo, would you like
5: to tell Coach Lett happy birthday? Absolutely, Tarvin. Happy birthday, Coach Lett. Uh, go Big Orange. Hey, let, let's make it happen this year. Well, all right, Cuervo, we're going to be out of here.
4: Uh, we'll be back Wednesday night at 8.30. We'll continue our, our college football breakdown. Our preview, we're going to do the Baylor Bears out of the Big 12. We've been putting them off a little while. It's time just to, just to come up and do it. And who else would you
5: like to talk about Wednesday? I'll give you the pick, where, Bo? Oh, gosh, Tarvin. I mean, I don't even – I guess I don't even know who you've talked about so far. I mean – I'm going to go back, I'm gonna have to go back and check them all, but there's one team yeah. I'd like
4: to get involved in I would like to go over the Clemson Tigers schedule, and the Baylor Bears, and we'll talk other football with it. But we'll do Baylor and Clemson this Wednesday night for everybody out there. Thanks for joining us, and we've had a great show tonight. We look forward to bringing you more. And Cuervo, just for you, you know, I started the show with "Boys of Fall. I'm going to end it with "Boys of Fall. And, and before that, I want to talk about your show on campus with Cuervo We'll be starting Friday night. Cuervo, I won't be able to join you this Friday. I'm going to be at a wedding, getting doing all that. I'm in a wedding. But after that, I'll be joining you. You want to tell everybody about it?
5: Yeah, and I appreciate that, Tarvin. I was going to uh, ask you to, you know, give me a second to talk about on campus, Cuervo, before you hit the, you hit the button. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to be starting back up this year. Uh, we're going to start on Friday. Uh, I just want to do a simple intro show this this Friday night because um, more than likely, you know, I, you, you know, you said you're not going to be there. Sonny might be able to join me. I don't know. He might be in and out, but it's just going to be a simple uh, intro show, kind of give an idea of what I'm going to be bringing this year. I'd like to add a little bit more to the show. Um, but uh, in between, thir- you know, Friday nights and Saturday mornings is when I want to do the show. I actually thought about, and I want to get your opinion on this, uh, Brian, is maybe do a one-hour show on Friday night and then do a second one-hour show Saturday morning, getting into the bigger games that Saturday morning and uh, you know, just kind of ending it from there. And as soon as we go off the air is when the first games kick off. I don't want to take away too much from sports talk with the guys, so that's why I'm thinking about splitting the show up and I don't want to take a lot of uh, – you know anybody's Friday night up at the same time, so I might just do a two hour show on Friday nights or I might do one in one so I don't know what's your opinion target which one which one uh which one sounds more I'd say, appealing
4: I'd say knock it out on Friday while you're on the road yeah, so
5: we might just do that we'll just do a two hour show Friday, break down all the games and things like that, but for the month of august i want I really want to get into. Um, you know, the different conferences and things like that, uh, not necessarily give predictions on the final four, but just kind of who we think are going to be in the, in the discussion, who's going to be there at the end, maybe get like a top, you know, five or six, who do we see uh, playing for those final four spots. So that's what I'm going to be bringing to on campus with Corvos here starting uh, next week for the month of August. All right, we're looking forward to that on
4: campus with Cuervo. And I'll I'll touch in Friday night, depending on what time it is. I'll at least call in some. I'll be in and out, but I'll call in. But just for everybody out there, if you're hungry for college football, I'm going to play a little song that's going to make you a little hungrier. But, again, thanks for joining Way In Sports Talk. We love bringing you this information, but we like your input as well. So we'll see you Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And here's Kenny
0: Chesney and the boys of fall, just for clarification.
1: Fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet Cleats and shoulder pads
0: Standing in the huddle
1: Listening to the call Fans going crazy For the boys at fall They didn't let just anybody In that club took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall the Kings of the school, where the boys of fall Well, let turn and face the stars and strap it Batten heads and talking trash. It's slinging mud and dirt and grass. I got your number, I got your back when your back's against the wall. You mess with one man, you gotta fall. The boys are fall. Little towns like mine—that's all they got. Newspaper clippings fill the coffee shops. The old men will always think they know it all. Young girls dream about the boys afar. heads and talking trash, it's slinging mud and dirt and grass, it's I got your number, I got your back, when your back's against the wall, you mess with one man, you got us wrong. Your back's against the wall, you mess with one man you gotta so